You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021, and today's show is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Locker Room has now become Spotify Greenroom. Great place to interact with sports fans such as yourselves, podcast hosts, athletes, and a whole lot more. Check it out, Spotify Green Green Room, wherever you guys get your apps. On today's show, Matt Weirich joins me to discuss a crazy last two days of Washington Nationals baseball. The Nats win uh, both games in Philadelphia, 3-1 the first game, then 13-12 in a nine-inning classic in the second one today. A whole lot to get to. Matt of NBC Sports and I, he, he and I both get into it. One note. Uh, because this game happened in the evening, my dog was here, so making some noises at home with him right now, just a couple of us, so you know, if you can put up with the uh, couple dog noises, I very much appreciate it. All right, let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington joins us again. Uh, Matt, because you and I just spoke recently, and I was like, oh, my God, there's so much news happening. And I said this before today's game, mind you. Um you know, the, the big story around baseball last night was Max Scherzer and Joe Girardi's interaction. And today we had one of those entertaining games of the season, uh, regardless of teams. So I thought we'd start with last night. We're not going to. Um, but the Nationals take two in Philadelphia. On the road, they take two games, which is not what, uh, you know, the road performance has not been very good this year. Wild, wacky, crazy game. And the offense, in a way that it has not the entire season, kept pulling through and kept pulling through with runners in scoring position, something they don't do very well. Um, I'm mentally exhausted. Are you mentally exhausted? Because that was uh, it was a long game. It was a long game. It was a long two days. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the other game went by a little bit quicker, but it was such a low scoring game that there was just a lot of drama between every pitch and obviously the whole Scherzer Girardi thing. So this two game set with the Phillies here, probably one of the most entertaining series we've had all year. And it was only two games. Pretty nuts. Uh, 13 to 12 today is, was the final score. The nationals are now 35 and 36 one game. on. It doesn't sound great, but it's one game under 500. They're technically three and a half games out right now. The Mets have not played um, their game today, but, you know, this team is is hitting a stride. They're 9-1 in their last 10. They've won four straight. And they did – the one important thing to me is they did what good teams do is that once they lose the winning streak, they go on another one, uh, right? You know, that, that's something that you see a lot is, you know, teams will kind of fall off, right? You lose three or four after you win seven in a row. The Nats did not do that. They had to get hot. Uh, they wanted to be competitive. And – now they're in, they're in a position where they can, um, you know, with the way that, I mean, if you're paying attention to the Mets, and I know this shouldn't be too Mets-centric, but, like, the Mets are a disaster right now. I mean, they are calling up people we've never heard of to call games. Apparently, Corey Oswald's still on the team. He was there five years ago. He's, he's going to pitch. They're, they had to pinch hit Jared Eikhoff last night in the third inning. He's a pitcher. He's a, he's a pitcher they brought up from AAA because they're out of people. So, you know, the Mets, they built that lead. And good for them because it's helping them right now as they absorb the issues they're having. But the Nats are in they're in pretty prime position as they head to Miami right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the Mets are getting back a couple of guys, McNeil, Conforto, uh, and Nimmo soon. So they're, this, the Nationals needed to catch fire, you're right, because 
they know that the Mets already have this lead and, and they have these guys coming back soon. So now is the time to capitalize on the Mets depleted roster, get as much gain as much ground as you can. And, you know, they went into that series with them last weekend uh, where if they had dropped three of four, they would have been 10 games back. And now here they are in sole possession of second place in the NL East, you know, only six days later, they've at one point were, were 10 games under 500 or they were even more than that. But I remember them being 25 and 35 when I think the Mets were 34 and 25. So, you know, there was a, a pretty stark difference between the two teams and that gap is closing ever so quickly. Uh, you know, the starting pitching has kind of been the, the real driving factor behind the Nats winning streak. But today it was all about the offense. The, the bats came through in these tight situations. And I was laughing to myself earlier because they kept coming through with the bases loaded, which has been a, an area where the Nats really struggled uh, for a good portion of the season. So I think we're seeing some serious regression to the mean here where some things that weren't going well for the Nationals early on are starting to happen for them. And there's a running joke on Nationals Twitter. Uh, Mark Zuckerman always tweets about their stats, I believe. I think, I think it's Mark Zuckerman, right? Yes. He's mm-hmm. the one, yeah, he always tweets about their stats. Um, ironically enough, the one guy who's really good in those situations based loaded is actually Josh Bell, who's, who's been horrible in every other situation this year. Yeah. But today's game, you know, you think about what happens. They go down 3 nothing, right? And you think, okay, Fetty's pitching. You know, they, they won the game last night. Really, all they, the split will keep the momentum here, right? As you head into Miami, the split will do the job for you. And they today, I mean, they had an answer every time on offense. I mean, you, it's actually really funny. I, I, should, I should have tweeted this out, but you and I were messaging. And uh, I said, well, when they hit that, that grand slam to make it a four run lead. And you said, uh, you know, with, I, you said, here's the quote exactly. You said, you know, this with the Phillies bullpen, I'm not counting the Nats out just yet. Well, they ended up coming back, taking the lead, losing the, I think they took the lead, lose the, lost the lead again. Um, I'm not sure how many times it happened. And then in this weird moment where it was, you know, they, Hector Neris gets to come into the game to save it. The Nationals, you know, Tanner Rainey's given up runs to, to give the Phillies a lead. Single, single, uh, Alex Avila moves the runner over, moves the runners over. And then they get, a, I believe it was a, was a base hit after that too, um, from Starlin Castro. Starlin Castro. Yep. So really good situational hitting, which is, the Nationals, you know, you'll see them get the runner on second. It's like, oh, they popped up on a bun. Oh, they hit a liner. Oh, you know, they they just hit the, the fly ball was too shallow. They Their situational hitting has been poor this year. Today it was excellent. I mean, across the board. And to get in this Rock'em Sock'em Robots game, you know, to, to keep some momentum, like, I don't think there's anything tangible baseball-wise to take from today's win. I really, you know, maybe some confidence boosters, but there's nothing you're like, this was this was excellent because this was wild, wacky, crazy. Um but the momentum part of it is very important because they feel like they're a house of fire right now, especially that front part of the lineup. Like the fact you have to reckon with a red hot Kyle Schwarber and then Trey Turner and Juan Soto to follow. Like that's just, you can't navigate, try navigating that three times in a game. At some point, something's going to give. And Josh Bell has been sneaky good yeah. over the past month too. I mean, he's hitting almost 300 over that span. So, you know, he's been, you know, quietly producing for him, but overall, yeah, that this, this team is clicking and, you know, we talked to some of the guys after the game and they have this, you know, we're not out of it mentality, no matter what the deficit is, we can come back into it. A lot of, a lot of 2019 vibes. And maybe that's just because Davey Martinez is at the helm. Um, you know, this isn't the same team that it was two years ago. You know, they bring Gerardo Parra back, you know, for however long he might last, but uh, you know, this is, this is a bit of a different team with a different identity, but they're, they're adopting that same mantra. Uh, you know, we're, we're climbing out of this thing. We're, we're a better team than our record shows. And, 
they're they're playing with, with this kind of energy and it's you know something i remember writing right i think it was right during the the pirate series maybe right before uh that there was no simple fix for the nats that if they were going to turn things around it was going to require them to do a lot of things right that they were doing wrong and right. we're really seeing that you know and, and the, the three the things for me you know were they needed more power and we're all of a sudden getting a you know the surgence of power from kyle schwarber the starting pitching needed to return to form and it's immediately from that point honestly has been a, a lot better uh, and, and they needed to win against divisional teams. And what did they do? They went and took three or four from the Mets. They just swept the Phillies in a two-game set. You know, these are the games that the Nationals need to win uh, if they're going to climb back into it. And they're, they're showing that, you know, not only are they better than teams like the Pirates and the Marlins and the Orioles, which are the only three teams they had swept going into this series, uh, yes. but they are now able to hang with teams like the Phillies and the Mets who were, you know, up until this past weekend above them in the division. Quick pause in the action. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Spotify Green Room. It is the place to be to interact with athletes, writers, podcasters, fans such as yourselves. You download it right now at the iOS App Store. Android's got a beta for it, I believe. You can download it. You go on there. There's different kinds of rooms for all the sports you want. NBA, NHL, MLB, soccer, college football, all of those rooms. And uh, whenever you go onto the app, you can see what rooms are ongoing for that topic. And also, you can start rooms of your own, host conversations, interact with other people, follow other people. If you follow me, you'll figure out when I go live each time every week to join in with some trivia and some uh, some whatever else we're doing that day, some takes, trivia and takes, what we call it normally. So all of those things uh, are available. Go to the iOS or App Store and download Spotify Green Room today. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Wellfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you actually want to grow your, your wealth for real and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data shows that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront can make it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. They are in charge with over $20 billion assets of assets worldwide. You can also get your first $5,000 managed for free right now by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the power part of it's so huge. The spot, you know, Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber coming up in spots that they were supposed to, uh, you know, that's, it's been like a realization of what this team is supposed is supposed to be. Now they're so hot right now where it's like, you got to keep this up. Right. That, that's the whole point. And look, I think a team being hot, like, isn't always measured by, did you win the game in the end? You know, I think we kind of fall into that sometimes. The, the fact that I forgot what game the Nats dropped against the Nets was it one of the double header double headers right so it's yeah. like that happens all the time you know they're rarely especially these seven inning ones you know where you're calling up extra guys there's so much volatility so it's really difficult I think for both teams to take it that's why both teams will kind of go hey we're putting one starter our good guy against their weirdo you know weird whoever the hell it is and you know no offense to those guys but names yeah. that the fans don't heard of and then you know the uh, the other team's good guy will go against the other team's guy that they brought up so you'll see a lot of that and you know I, I don't think that was a momentum killer because they ended up coming back the next day and, and getting a win so 
Uh, and you know, like once again, I don't think they had to win today to keep momentum going. I thought winning last night in the way they did keeps it going. And, you know, I think like ex- expecting a split is fine, but their offense came and showed up in a, such a dramatic and, and impressive way. The key for them is sustaining that. Like that is the key for them is to continue to sustain their offense. Because what I do know right now is that we saw it today. We saw it in Joe Ross's last start and we've seen it with John Lester. Those three guys, while we've had stretches where we're like, this is quality and good. It's it, it gets balanced out. We say that stuff because there's really bad stretches that are involved, right? They, they, they're pitching as that. That's where I get a bit concerned. Um, you know, moving forward is and in in having Kyle Finnegan out that complicates things even further because now your bullpen is pretty depleted. Your two guys who are kind of eighth inning guys are gone. The guy that, that Davey loves to go to is Tanner Rainey, and it's just not it's not working. Like he's got to get a find he's got to find a new spot for him. Are you feeling the same way too? Because he's not been good enough this year to warrant getting an eighth inning in a close game. And I know the offense was good today, but it's not been good enough to recover oftentimes from mess ups like that. I think in today's situation, it's a little bit different just because right. they yeah, threw out so many guys. But I, I will agree with you. I just was, was saying this the other day to my buddy. Uh, you know, Davey Martinez has a lot of faith in Tanner Rainey for a guy whose ERA is over seven. You know, it, it's he gives up either a homer or a walk or both. Uh, it seems like every outing and, you know, in the outings where he's only walking one guy and he works around it, you know, you almost feel like they just escaped a near death experience. And, uh, you know, Rainey's got the stuff he, he's, he throws 99, yes. you know, he, he's got a slider that can be a, a pretty dangerous pitch uh, when it, when it's working for him. But uh, that, that fastball doesn't have a ton of movement on it. So, you know, these hitters can catch up to this 99. What he really needs is for that slider to be on point. Uh, every time he goes out there so that he has you know something else to throw at these guys and keep them honest where they don't have to just sit on the fastball the entire time they're up there. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of is between that and them just letting him throw balls uh, has, has kind of been the issue for him. But, you know, where they are right now with, with Finnegan and Hudson, both on the IL, you know, they used hand. I think it was three of the last four days. Uh, and he had thrown 34 pitches yesterday. They used McGowan. They used Suero. They used Clay. They used both. Everybody, you know, was was gone by that point uh, in the eighth inning where really it was Rainey, Espino, and is, I think Jeffrey Rodriguez is still on the roster right now. Um, uh, that, I keep wondering that, and I have not yeah. seen any news on it. But uh, it was, we haven't seen him in a game uh, in a while. Right, either, since that so. game he's pitched. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, um, Miller came in today. I was trying yeah, to – Yeah, Miller uh, was, was in as well. Um, yeah, and I was, you know, it's was, it was like – Oh, Justin Miller. Okay. I remember the, you know, the acquisition. Uh, yes, or, he know, is on the roster. His yes. On the roster. So he, so he was probably the long man they would have turned to. Yeah. I think they're training. saving him for the for a situation where they feel like they got to, they're in a pinch, you know, that they need to get a guy because that's happened to them so many times this year. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they need Austin both to be a part of the bullpen now, like bullpen proper. So it's not like he can fill that role. You know, you think about what was supposed to happen at the beginning of the year. Talked about the bullpen being a potential strength. Now, the key here, you know, it's kind of negative, but we're talking about it. The fact that they're overcoming it often is very positive. Like that is something, you know, that we should mention that is that as of right now, they continue to overcome this and for them to be one game under 500 at this point, look, everybody tried to trade Max Scherzer. We even talked about trading Max Scherzer. We talked about trading Trey Turner. And I don't think we expected this because in this division, I think we really under undersold what a hot run could do for a team, but nobody wanted to make this move. I mean, nobody's been, nobody's made this move the entire season. The Mets made a move to get up there and everybody else has been kind of below them and not able to kick into 
you know, second, third, fourth gear, the Nats have kicked it up. They've totally kicked it up. And um, that is, you know, it's something to watch is how can they maintain this? How will they work around it? Can the offense continue to pick up pitching on a day like this? Because pitching's bailed them out a lot. Um, and we'll talk about some of the pitching uh, here in a second. But, you know, today was one of those where it's just, it feels like they're getting hot and it feels like you know, going into this weekend, they've got a good chance. Now, the Marlins pitching could easily cool off the Nats best. They've been so good. And I always say this, Miami's a place where you can go into on Thursday saying we got four games and look up at the score, you know, the, the standings at the end of the time and say, oh, we lost three. Uh, you know, what, what just happened there because of how good their pitching is. Right. And the Nats offense, let's be fair on the whole, is one that could go cold the weekend. But today it's like everybody's feeling it. You feel like that's got to carry over somewhat. Um, do you think it, do you think it will, you know, to this weekend? Yeah, it's hard to take anything away from this game, especially considering all eight position players drew at least one walk, uh, which is, you know, not something that you can expect good stuff um, out of the team. That's 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 on the Phillies more so than I think it is the Nationals drawing all these walks. So uh, that right there was, you know, the off some of the offense was kind of handed to them. Now they came through with big hits in, in tight situations, and that has been the problem this year. So. You, you, you just have to think, you know, can the Nationals continue to hit in key spots because they're not going to be a team that piles up 11, 12, 13 runs in a game. You know, they're probably going to be scoring around five or six. I think uh, going into today, they were averaging 3.75 runs per game this season. Uh, so, you know, that's that's pretty low and it's not going to be something where you're, you're going to be able to rely on that offense to pick you up. You're going to have a lot of uh, low scoring games. So I think the starting pitching, you know, Fetty had like a pretty nice uh, scoreless inning streak coming into the game. You had a bit of a clunker, you know, you come back next week and your next turn in the rotation, you see how he does. You know, I think from where the nationals are right now, they, they got to be happy about, you know, where they are, the standings, especially considering the, the slow start they had with COVID going on and yeah. everything, you know, they overcame a lot to get to where they are, but now it's, it's kind of an approve it point uh, yeah. where, you know, if they are going to contend, they got to get over 500 and then start really digging into that Mets lead. You know, they've, they've leapfrogged everybody. And I think, that was one of the biggest hurdles for the Nats was just not only that were they like seven and a half games out, I think at the start of this streak behind the Mets or at least everybody, going was, into ahead, the Mets everybody was ahead of them. Everybody was everybody ahead was of them. You know, they yeah. had to leapfrog everybody and you know, while they could get hot, one of those other teams could also get hot too. And then they'd have to compete with them. So uh, the fact that they were able to get over everybody is a huge accomplishment accomplishment in and of itself. And now with this Marlin series, they're playing one of the only two teams in the division with the positive run differential. Yeah. Which is bizarre, right? Yeah. One differential can always be very misleading. It can. Um, so many great moments today. Last, what, the real big story, which we haven't even gotten to yet, last night. So the Nats win the game three to one. Excellent. Awesome. We love that. The, the big story of the game was Max Scherzer. And here's how it went down. Gets checked, I believe, and correct me at any point if I'm wrong, after the first inning. Gets checked for sticky substances, correct? Yep. Okay. It's not, it's not love it, but he's fine. Whatever. I believe after the fourth inning, once he's done pitching, he third gets in. checked as after, after the after third. third. Excuse me. Yes. So then he comes back out. And anybody who's watched Max before, Max is like a sweater. He like he's like one of the sweatiest guys ever. So he grabs his hat twice. Now, to me, at this point, a little sidebar here. It looked like he was trying to just like get just grip on something that was you know dry or just trying to like you know he's angry or whatever repositioning it. Because when you look, when you see guys go to grab kind of something off the tip of their cap, it's just the tip. It's one of those kind of smaller movements. He grabbed like the entire brim and like adjusted it twice. Joe Girardi says, hey, go check him. They go and check him in the middle of a batter in the fifth inning. Max is really upset about it. <laughs> then ends up at the end of the inning striking out uh, JT Rio Muto, looks back at the dugout, at the Phillies dugout, and it's like, 
basically what's up with that, you know, basically flashing his glove and saying, yeah, yeah, check me, check me. Joe Girardi in one of the dumbest managerial moves I've ever seen comes out of the dugout to do what? Like to throw hands. You asked him to be checked. He was checked. Nothing happened. He struck somebody out. He has the right to talk. What are what are you doing? You're you're supposed to be like the, the the adult in the room in terms of managers and your players. And you come out and you're like, I am upset about this. And he and he immediately got tossed because the umpire's like, you can't just come out here and I mean fight him. Like we did what you asked. Yeah, it was, he's literally like saying like, come here, come out. Yeah, come here. Hold up his no, hands. No, no, yeah. you can't. <laughs> was that one of the weirdest? And Joe Girardi is getting crushed for it, which he should because he's been bad with the media this year. Yeah. And uh, I mean just. The, the part that frustrates me the most is the fighting part of it. Like, what a jackass. Like, yeah, Girardi, he's, he's an interesting case because he's also a guy, like, like you mentioned, had some problems with the media this year. He told the media that they were asking about his reasoning for a pitching change at some point. Yes. And he said, oh, that's strategy. Uh, I'm not we don't talk, talk strategy. We don't talk strategy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and as a former TV guy, you would think he'd understand that, you know, what the crux of the question really is, you know, just trying to, understand you know for the fans for the readers that this is how this worked blah 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 he said oh no that's strategy so when he comes out and says you know oh i was not you know trying to mess with his rhythm i really thought there was something uh in his hair uh you know uh, that's why i wanted him to go check it's hard to believe the guy just because he literally has said when it comes to in-game strategy he's not going to be honest i mean he literally told us that so it's impossible to say for sure what Girardi, you know, really wanted to happen. What he told the umpires is, look, I, you know, I was saw Max running his fingers through his hair. I've watched him for 10 years. I've never seen him do that. Can you check it out? And Max said, you know, I'm not, first of all, he said, I would have been an absolute fool, quote, absolute fool to have used a substance uh, in this, in this game with everyone's antennas so high was the way he put it, uh, you know, being everybody, you know, just keeping such a close eye on it and being the first right. game. Right. So he says that he was licking his fingers the entire night because it wasn't that warm uh, and he wasn't actually able to get a lot of sweat except for in his hair. Uh, so he was getting rosin on his fingers to you know, try to get a better grip on the ball. And then he was licking it and he was tired of tasting rosin because it tastes terrible. So he started running his fingers through his hair to get some moisture to mix with the rosin to help him get a better grip. And it thought it was really weird. The whole situation unfolded right after he threw a 95 mile an hour fastball right near Alec Bohm's head. And it got away from him. And he said after the game, he was like, I thought that would have shown that, like, I have no grip here. <laughs> What's foreign substance would I have that is letting me throw near this guy's head? I mean, you know, he's Max Scherzer. He's not a guy who's going to be typically right. throwing near a guy's head, letting it get away from him like that. So, you know, he, he, he went on to, to slam Rob Manfred for, for the, the rules and how he implemented this. He, he offered a, a pretty interesting idea of having these COVID checkers that are already the monitors that are already in the clubhouses. Uh, all 30 clubhouses have uh, COVID monitors making sure people wear masks. He's saying, why don't we repurpose them and make them, you know, look at the uh, substances on pictures, fingers, take a look at what exactly they're applying, make sure it's all good. You know, something like that. I think that's yeah. an interesting idea, something that could work, something that's just out of the field of view. You know, I'm, I'm kind of straying for what you asked me, but I, I feel like just doing this on the field in between innings, you know, where cameras in the middle of batter, in the middle, in the middle. Yeah, of the, well, that that in and of itself was ridiculous. The so, problem I have is is that so like, sure, we have to figure out how managers can ask for it, right? You yeah. know, is is there merit for asking for it? And two, there's got to be some penalty for get like it almost it's almost like a challenge. You you are you are claim you are making a claim that somebody else is is doing something wrong. You know you you know that, that something needs to be changed. 
if you're gonna go out there and challenge that and you're wrong, there's gotta be some kind of repercussion for it. Because who benefits in that situation? The pitcher doesn't. Yeah. Pitcher's not the one benefiting out there in a situation like that. He's the one being, you know, accosted, uh, being in check. So I thought that was bad. Rizzo, Mike Rizzo today. Um, I, artist. <laughs> I thought he misspoke on that because because he said Connors, and then he said I, I, I like him a lot. I like Joe Girardi a lot. And so I knew immediately. I felt like he was kind of trying to save face on that when he said it. To me. To, to me, I, I didn't love him doing that. I didn't think that was proper. I know Nats fans are going to love love that. I don't think that's that's helping at this point. I think maybe just kind of having a conversation about the rules and what's happening, your players not being happy about it, it's the right way to go. It was very funny. And I think one thing for it, though, is is Davey wouldn't say anything about Joe. He said that's, Never. you know, Joe's going to have to ask answer the tough questions, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like you know, Max had to defend himself and he had to say what he had to say. And he's also a guy who's pretty high up in the players union as a rep uh, for, among the players. So, you know, he, he has an influential voice, but he's his own voice. He, he doesn't necessarily represent yeah. the Nationals. So I think, you know, you know, this was Mike Rizzo's weekly spot with the junkies. So he was going to be asked about it no matter what. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't I don't say I, I think it was fine that he, you know, spoke out like he did. You know, somebody's got to call out Girardi because. Look, Girardi, Girardi is going to say what he's going to say. And it's impossible to know if he's telling the truth or not because of, like I said, his past track record. So the only people who can really call him out and say, look, this is BS is people within the game and who better than the GM of the team, you know, that that he just pulled that on. So I I don't, I I get it. I get it. But at the same time, he's got to, you know, somebody has got to say something. You know, I I agree. I'm I'm with you on that point. Uh, The the con man part, sure. Take it or leave it. Calling him out, saying it was an embarrassment for him. And the Phillies is correct. Mm-hmm. That was correct. It was that what happened last night was and all of it. <laughs> and and Major League Baseball. I mean, Max Scherzer, you know, got got outdid by Sergio Romo, you know, strip yeah, down baseball. Pulling off you know, pants. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was like a strip club at, at the A's game last night. So that was it was it was so weird. And you know, all the stuff people are talking about, oh, it's you know, it's kind of good for baseball in a way. And and like uh, I thought, yeah, like exactly like, like the Astros scandal was good for baseball if the Astros got punished because it would bring attention to it. It would show that, Hey, if you're going to, you know, there's attention here. If somebody does that, we do, we do the right thing in this game and we punish people. They didn't, which was really bad. The ball situation, they changed the balls, the offensive world this year, not a good situation at all. They changed this rule in the middle of the season. Embarrassing things are already happening in the, in the, I mean, you know, it's already like embarrassing stuff's already happening. And now I feel like MLB has to ride it, you know, like they're, what are they just going to do away with it now all of a sudden? And now they're going to, you know, piss off the people that they just were supposed to be appeasing by putting this rule into place. I mean, you know, there, there really is no winning now. And I, I said this exact phrase last time, but it rings true. MLB can't stop getting its own way. One more word from our sponsors today here on Locked On Nationals. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you. Protein bar in the game today. Go to BuiltBar.com and check out their nine flavors available right now. And use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 for 15% off today. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. All of their bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 uh, calories, only four grams of sugar. Once again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off today. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Whether it's college football futures, NFL futures, NFL draft, MLB uh, you know, odds to win divisions or individual games, NBA playoff odds, player props, NHL playoff odds, UFC, boxing, whatever it is you want to bet on, BetOnline.ag as you covered. Before the next pitch, before the next tip-off, whatever it is, go to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game. Go to BetOnline today, make an account, it's free, and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. And you'll get a 50% deposit bonus upon your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, bucks, give an extra 50 to play with as well at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, they love to trip over themselves. Um, they do. And look, and, you know, not just your point about Max struggling. Zach Wheeler pretty clearly struggling with control last night. Really just could not get a good grip. And that's why I think a lot of – I think you see more teams doing this. Nationals, not always known for great approaches. The, like, your approach is going to change. You know what I mean? Like, hey, these guys, guys are still adjusting. You know, take, take your pitches, man. And we talked about eight guys walking today. I, the Nationals did a great job creating traffic in the base paths early um, yesterday. And I, I think that's something that we're going to see more guys do. So it was a weird situation. Max, obviously, uh, people talk about his spin rate is now whatever. I, I'm just so curious to see where this goes because I, in like every single sport, there's always a correction. There's always some kind of a correction. And so either guys will find a way to get around it. This And, and you know, you people out there who don't believe steroids are still being used in any capacity. I have really bad news for you. Um, it's the science is always ahead of the testing, my friends. So there's that. There's always going to be a correction. There's always going to be some kind of way to, to do it. So what that that manifests itself as, I've got no clue. But to me, there is. Do you think some kind of correction is going to happen for pitchers to find a way to kind of help themselves out more? I think that that you know there are two types of ways that pitchers have been using these substances. One is just to make sure they don't lose the ball throughout their delivery and two, to increase their spin and spider tack and, you know, all these other, you know, name brand type sticky substances that have been developed. Those were for spin. If, if those are banned and, you know, some type of sunscreen rosin mixture or, you know, pine tar, whatever it is, is allowed, you know, uh, we're going to have to have some kind of monitoring system. Like Scherzer was saying, they're already employing people in that regard anyway. So why not repurpose them? And, I think that there, there is some kind of compromise, but you know, this is, this right here is, is only going to be added to the fuel that is the fire this off season when the two sides have to convene and, and come up with a new CBA. And who knows if this is something that's going to be included in it or not, because, you know, MLB acted unilaterally here. They didn't consult the union. They just went out and, and made this rule. And it's certainly something that's going to be brought up during negotiations. So, or it's, it's just kind of something we're going to have to keep an eye on and, you know, hold our breath to hope that there aren't more fiascos like there were last night. Well, it's it just sucks because that was a storyline, right? You know, the the, Met, the the Nats get the win, uh, and the storyline was that. And that's the that's the issue with baseball. You know, it's weird because the seasons are so long. Individual game results do not become storylines at all. Even to some extent, it's like like you know, in our circles, yes, right. You know, we're talking about a certain team that matters, but in terms of national settings, even series results aren't even that big. I think about that landmark series that the Mets had back in uh, 2015, where they swept the Nats at Nats Park and ultimately sparked them for their run to the championship. Wilmer Flores and, crying. Well, you know, well, right. 
what, 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 the, do, what do people what do people talk about yeah. what do people talk about not about the, the the game where they hit three home runs in one inning uh you know i forget it was pitching that night that moon Strasburg. you know on sunday night and, and city field was going crazy nobody's talking about that everybody talks about wilmer flores crying so the problem is and look that, that was good that's that's like yeah we love that it was a great moment we're not getting that anymore yeah we're not getting that one now here's and also the problem is wander franco debuts last night What's the big story is, is Joe Girardi just being an asshole and Max Scherzer running his, you know, Max Scherzer getting a, getting a head massage from the umpire, which was, I mean, that was, that was one of the weirder things I've ever seen. Like yeah. the umpire, like physically putting his hands on Max's head it has to be one of the, and I'm, I'm sure it's uncomfortable for both of them. I'm not like the umpire's like, let's go. Let's, you know, let me yeah. give you a you know, great job, Max. Um, so this is, this is a disaster. And when baseball's big stars are out there talking about it and, you have moments like Wander Franco last night, which was great, and we're not talking about that as much as we should, unless you know baseball circles. It's tough. It is. It is tough because I guarantee you, I was watching Sports Center today. Romo and Scherzer led ahead of Wander Franco. Not good. Yeah. No. Opinion. I mean, when when a sideshow is dominating your sports headlines, it's not what you want to see. You know, if it's no. something in the game, you got to be you got to be you know happy about that. Sorry, I, uh, Rob Manfred just spoke on. Max Scherzer's outburst quote. Um, I understand the incident in Philadelphia was less than idea, but that was one incident. And we expect that we will continue as the vast majority of cases so far without that kind of incident quote, less than ideal. So, well, I mean, Scherzer Romo took his pants off at another game early in the, end of the night because he was so incensed. So, you know, we, I mean, like, like we can't have guys taking their, I mean, like I understand they're angry, and I'm actually not blaming them yet, but we can't have guys like taking their belts off in the middle of the field. Yeah. Like you yeah. ever see, like, you, do you see NBA players like just like taking their jerseys off in the middle or NFL players? Like you just, you just see them take their helmets off sometimes, but it's never good when they do. Right. Yeah. We, we know Miles Garrett last big helmet incident, never good, never, <laughs> never good, good. Right. So th- that's, they have to like, they have to avoid these guys throwing like, you know, what fits in the middle of the field. And they're going to continue to do it. If you allow people like Joe Girardi to be like, Hey, you know, you, you got to check him. So and there's not going to be a correction by the league. That's why I think the players are ultimately going to make a correction. Um, kind of looking at it, you know, and, and let's go with the Nationals direction now. So four in Miami, they're going to go play in that big uh, air, you know, I guess it's airplane hangar, you can call it at this point. It's, it's just so vast and empty, and I hate, I hate watching games on TV at that ballpark. But four with the Marlins, and this is a team they've had some success against. Um, and I'm going to look at the, uh, the pitching matchups right now. I think every single starter they, the Marlins have out there is 25 or younger. Um, all of these guys are top line prospects. If like, here's, here's the thing to me, I'm not sure if Philip Miami, I think they, if they want to be smart this off season, but somewhat aggressive, like they can be good next year. There's no reason they can't because that team has got some, if they get six back, you add that in with Rogers and Pablo Lopez and um, totally blanking on who else. Alcantara. Um, Alcantara. I mean, you've got you've got a really impressive group. Um, it's going to be John Lester, Joe Ross, and Patrick Corbin going for the Nationals, uh, and, and also Nick Scherzer, and then yeah. uh, Petit Lopez. I'm not sure who's pitching the uh, Zach Thompson, Zach Thompson, and then Alcantara. But you are going to see Petit, who's been very good. I think I'm not sure. I don't think he's been up for too long, but um, very good in limited amount of time. He's 26. And obviously Alcantara, they're ace. So what do you think he's kind of looking forward to this series in Miami? How do they keep the momentum going? I think it's a, another mind your P's and Q's series because 
I'm expecting more lower scoring games. And I think the team that takes care of, you know, the small things, which was a big part today because the Phillies messed up a couple times in the field. Uh, I think that stuff's going to matter a lot. Yeah, I think the big thing is going to be innings from their starters. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Nats have really taxed their bullpen the last few days. Uh, you know, Scherz are only going five. They had Fetty get pulled pretty early today uh, in this series. They had the off day on uh, Monday, but overall the bullpen has been getting a lot of work lately. And, you know, the Nationals would love to get some innings out of their starters to kind of ease off the bullpen a little bit. You know, I think that overall the Nats bullpen has been pretty solid, definitely better than it was in 2019 and 2020 when it actually had like really historically bad bullpens uh, both of those years. So it's regressed to the mean a little bit where they're, they're not as bad this year. They're definitely not necessarily a force, but they're still, you know, probably about, you know, middle of the pack right now, which is where the nationals would love to be if they're pitching their starting pitching can do the job. So I'd say that the, you know, neither offense necessarily scares you with how they're at right now. I mean, the Nats are obviously hot, uh, but as a whole, you know, they, they don't hit super well. Um, they're considered to have only a few few guys who can really get it done. So if the, the bats go cold against the pitching, as you mentioned, you know, this is some good starting pitching from the Marlins. I expect a lot of low scoring games. Uh, you know, Davey Martinez always talks about wanting to, to score first and hold the lead for the whole game. I think that's that's got to be key for the Nats is, you know, continue to carry over this momentum, get on the board early and then hold that where the pitching staff uh, can get you deep into games and, and hand things over to guys like Brad Hand. Yeah, because it feels like guys like Brad Hanna is the only guy they have left in the back of the book. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to see for other names. And I was yeah, like, Wait, like, yeah, you know, Kyle, and Kyle McGowan, right? And I do like player. Austin Voth. I think Voth has been I do too. good. Uh, he actually, his, so he was a starter last year, obviously. But yeah, his uh, his increase in velocity from last year to this year is like the third great highest in the majors of any pitcher, which is obviously increased because he's a bullpen arm now, but that's still very significant. So I thought like, just kind of one more thing to wrap up on on this point. Last year, like, they should have made this move during the season. I know they were hurt for guys, but I thought, to me, there was a certain point where you were not doing him any good throwing him out there every fifth day. Like, it got pretty – and I know it's better it's a 60-game season, but mm-hmm. it, was, you know, like, it felt like an automatic loss. Like, I remember that miraculous seven-game uh, complete game through. Everybody's like, wow, this is a little, a little shocking. But I've been, I was advocating for that move the entire time. It's like, look, settings like that you – know, he was able to build off a bunch of low-leverage situations – and I think he's done really well this year. And I think he gave up some runs today, but like who didn't? So, you know, it's not. Some of them were, he left them on base and then right. whoever came in after it gave him up. But and yeah, he's been in so many weird spots too. So he has been in weird spots. He got hit in the face. You know, he, who was started all, all of spring training. He was a starter uh, until the end when he lost out on the, the rotation job to both Fetty and, and uh, um, Ross, which was unfortunate for him, but he got moved to the bullpen. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of had to settle in this role. And I think he, you know, he went through a stretch where he was doing pretty well. And uh, yeah, last year it was tough just because Joe Ross opted out. Uh, you know, they didn't have that extra arm, you know, after him and Fetty. Uh, they were they were kind of thin on options at that point. So, you know, they were down Strasburg, obviously, as well. Uh, it, it just was kind of a, a poor season in all regards to that Nats team. So I think this year he's settling into a, a role that's a little bit better for him. And, you know, he, I think he still can give you a couple of innings, you know, if he needs to, if you get a starter that's pulled early. But as you mentioned, they have guys like Jeffrey Rodriguez, Polo Espino has gone uh, multiple innings before as well. So overall, you know, he doesn't need to be that guy anymore. He can be a one inning guy and focus on, you know, just getting his three outs and moving on. And I think as he settles more and more into that role, I, I really do like him uh, for that. Yeah, I was also kind of looking at the other guy we could mention now in the back of the bullpen. Uh, Paulo Espino, 
Mm-hmm. I the believe secret, who recorded secret his, weapon. That's what David. Secret, he is that. look. Brad Hand should watch out. Okay, I mean, yes, he knows. He, uh, I think it's his second career save, which he got today. So first career win last time out. Second career save this time out. So he's been uh, he's been pleasant too. His whip is below eight point eight. That's crazy. He's crafty too. I mean, he, yeah. he's a guy who doesn't bring the velocity, but he's not crafty. a lot of strikeouts. But and a lot, a lot, a lot of guys are swinging early on him, which I like today. You know, they they were not very patient with him, and he was able to get outs because that that was good. Uh, all right, Matt, just a whirlwind last 48 hours. Um, where can people find you and your work before I let you go and take a long nap? Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I'm over on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick. Uh, you can find all of my work uh, at NBCSportsWashington.com, uh, where I just put up a piece earlier today on the p- potential for Kyle Schwarber to get an extension this offseason. So if, as if we didn't have enough storylines. There's another one. I hadn't even about. thought of that. <laughs> I, thought. I guess now would be the time to sign it if you're him and his agent. Exactly. Uh, all right, Matt. Appreciate your time as always. Yes, sir. Take care. All right. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You can follow me at Josh neighbors underscore until next time, my friends, as always stay safe.